You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. All right, we're back. Primal Radio. What's up, Tommy? Yeah, so I've got a cold, Jim, so um, I, I don't yeah. sound like James Bond as usual. Yeah. No, no, no. What's just like a head cold or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've kind of come home early from work last couple of days and sort of chilled out. But So did... no training for me this week, which is right, a right. bit gutting. I wanted to recap a few things, some follow-up before we get to our guest about the um, – our MMA event that happened, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, which we did the recap with Nick Portella, and it was real good. Nick was always gracious. Hey, by the way, when are we having Andy back on for their boxing month? Do you have a date scheduled uh, for Sunday. that? Oh, that's this Sunday. This Sunday. Oh, okay, good, good. But anyway, we had uh, long and short of this, there were some issues prior to us putting on the event there, and uh, the feedback after all was said and done was fantastic. Concerned about what kind of thugs and ruffians go to events like this, like we're going to burn the place down. And uh, they were very pleased at how the whole thing went. So that was good. Close out the year real good with the uh, Primal Fight Promotions. And next year we had served up, I think, like six dates. And we're going to do some uh, four kickboxing dates, a bunch of boxing dates. So I'll be very, very busy next year, Tom. So that's all good. Positive shit, you know? That's good shit. You're not talking much. Is it bothering you that much being sick or what? No, 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 no. Just uh, it's it's yeah. No, it's, look, it's it's great. It's great. The show went well. I don't know if you'll be doing it there or back in AC, but um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that it went well. And you've got a real right. good community around you. And people are always going to turn out to those things. It's yeah, it was good. Stuff. It was good. Good. One last thing before I get. I posted a thing about I Scrap was back in the gym last night. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. Uh, I did. Yeah, he looked yeah. looked sharp. He um. You know, because he had an injury, he had a pink eye, and like a bunch of series of bullshit things that kind of put him out of the gym for like a month. So he was looking good. Hopefully, we'll get him back in, get get the ball rolling on that again, because uh, all that time out does affect these guys. You know. But anyway, hey, so our next guest uh, for this week, uh, a good buddy, Monty Kill. He's a four-time world kickboxing champion. He owns two phenomenally successful martial arts schools of my competitors i guess at some level <laughs> he's kicking my ass he laughs at me this guy drives around yachts and shit oh, anyway, yeah. We want, uh, yeah yeah oh, you can't drive around a yacht around that i want to welcome world lightweight heavyweight champion steven phillips steven what's up buddy what's up guys how are you hey man thanks so much for for being on the on the show thank you in your time so here's how i know steven so steven actually i knew who he was prior i knew of the school I knew that he was a kickboxer. I didn't, but geez, I don't know, maybe four or five. I don't even know. Maybe August, July. When was it, Steve? Do you remember? I think I came to you, uh, it was probably July, end of June, July. Somewhere in that ball. Yeah, something right? just before summer starting, you know? Right. And so, Steve, uh, this guy comes walking in the gym, and I think I was in the ring working with someone. I don't know who it was at the time. And then he, you know, told me who he was. You know, not like, hey, I am master so and so. It was just, hey, I'm. <laughs> You know, I want to uh, do some training. Do you have somebody that could work some pads with me and stuff? And I said, sure. You know, I can do that. And then, um, you know, I got down his number and his name, and uh, he left. And I, ha, I never called him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never guy. called him. <laughs> right. I never call him fucking back. And then, what'd you like a week or two later? Do you like, I, I think so. It was like a week later. I came by. I'm like, hey man, I know you just just. 
you might be busy. I just wanted to know if you were able to get somebody can hold mitts for me, or can you hold me? He's like, no, I can do it. And I'm like, all right. So when do you want to, when do you want to set this up? When can we, you know, try? Because you know he's got to see if he likes me, and I got to see if I like him, and you know we go from there. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, like a dating game. It was a date. <laughs> we needed to have a date to see if we liked each other. Right. <laughs> but that, that is that is kind of true, right? If it, I guess. Not at an amateur level, top level, getting a guy that holds pads for you r- correct and Absolutely. how you like it is so yeah. important. Absolutely. Plus, you know, like I told him the other night, the other day, uh, sorry, um, is, you know, if if you think you know everything, that's when you're done. You know what I mean? So, I, I you know, we had to go see and see if I need to see his knowledge. And then he's got a lot of knowledge, Jim's got a lot of knowledge and he can sharpen up anybody, you know, just as long as you want to be sharpened. So it's like it's like I walk into his ring, go into his ring, and it's like I'm a white belt. You know what I mean? I just listen to what he says. What kind of attributes are you kind of are you working? What what did you go to gym for? What do you think he can add to your game? Do you know honestly? The what it is is I'm not. You know, I haven't fought in like a really long. I haven't fought since 2000. I think 2008 or 2010. Let's just say it's been nine years since I fought. But I've been still actively training in a ring, holding mitts. So I was driving to. Uh, you know, to Maplewood, to a place called Diamond Gym, where my boxing ring was at that was in my place. And I was training with one of my trainers there, a guy named Larry Thunderfoot-Curton. Who, who, by the way, uh, I, I knew back in the day he was a kickboxer. That guy's a beast. Very big man, nicest hey. man, and, um, and he's a firefighter. He's a retired firefighter. So he, but his back hurt. He hurt his back, or an injury from his back flared up, and he really couldn't hold mitts for me anymore because he's like, it's just like he's like he's like I can hold mitts for the girls and stuff, but I can't hold mitts for you right now. It's just too much. So then I you stopped. Hit too hard. Well, it's not even. Truth, right? <laughs> well, it's not even just that. It's just you know the way that you you know doing a cardio thing versus you know a fighting thing is different. We all know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, it, so he's like I just can't do it right now, man. He's like, I can't do it. So I'm like like three months went by and three months of me not hitting anything, even though I have my own place. It's uh, I was going crazy, and it, you know I can't. I don't know any. I don't know anybody. You know, there's nobody that really holds mitts anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? They all just want to roll, you know, roll and do some striking here and there. I'm like. Sure. I mean, running your own gym, do you have, do you set a lot of time aside for your own training or do you find like, because I've started teaching from time to time mm-hmm. and it does take away from your training hours, right? It does. So it's like, you know, all my business like classes are from three o'clock until nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So before that. You know, I wake up and then I go either I train with Jim or I train with one of my strength coaches or something like that. And so I make sure I put my hours in the morning before I have to after my kids go to school, of course. So I got to bring my kids to the bus stop (laughs) and then I go from there. You know what I mean? Then I then I put my time in in the morning. If I don't, then I find that all the years of me doing this, that I kind of start to go a little crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't I, I have to put it in, you know, put the put the time in. Right, so Steve, he came, so when he came in through the door, then we started working, and you know I did a little bit of research on him and watched some of the things, and he is a world class uh, fighter, you know, even though removed a few years, and no matter what, Tom, you and I talk about it, you do lose some, like you always will have the power, you'll have speed and stuff, the timing, all those little attribute things kind of go away slightly. Mm-hmm. It's not you can't help it; it's just how it works. Yeah, we and, get old. <laughs> right, we yeah, yeah. right, and then you we start working on that stuff. Then you know we decided we're a good match. We work together. It's, yeah. uh, for lack of a better word, it's a love connection. Because um, 
it is a challenge. Maybe perhaps, you know, I can't hold the pads properly or we're just not on the same page uh, from a strategic point of view or from a, uh, uh, a tactical point of view. But we were. We're right on. And yeah. Stephen, I give him quite He's been doing martial arts, what, 30-some-odd years now, Stephen? Yeah, I was four when I started. I'm, I'm uh, 41 now. Well, there you go. So a, a lifetime of doing it and train with some top guys. And, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you got kind of particular who can hold the pads for you, who you can, who you can work with. Because mm-hmm. whoever you work with, whatever that athlete is or that coach, they have to be able to sp- sort of, I think, at some level, speak to you and speak that language, whatever that is. And anyway, it worked out well. And because and, we do have a, a, a goal. And uh, the goal is potentially for Stephen to get back in the ring. And I think he still has it. And that was part of the, our training, right? Yeah. Kind of figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I really, I don't think I'm, I don't like the last fight I had. It was like an exhibition fight. I didn't like it at all. It was, I got too tired. It just wasn't me. And I'm like, I can't have my last fight be like this. I think I've seen that fight. (laughs) That's on YouTube, right? (laughs) No, that was, I don't think the last one, the last fight I had, the one that's on YouTube, that guy was out of the ring. That was a good fight. I mean, I I won that one easily. I beat the shit out of that guy. And by the way, that's his style. So Steven is a, a fire plug. He's thick. He's got big, thick legs. And, and he's extraordinarily powerful. And he's got surprisingly good hands. Um, back in the day when I was kickboxing, maybe, Stephen, when you started, a lot of the guys didn't have great hands. They yeah, had, not, yeah, a lot of bad boxing. A lot of Slop, bad boxing. Sloppy boxing, I guess you would call it, right? Right. And yeah. that was my advantage because I did kickboxing in a boxing gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they could say I had sloppy kicks, but my mm-hmm. hands were motherfucking right. good. Yeah, you're just like, i got to get my eight kicks in and I'm done. I can box. That's right. <laughs> Right, to Tom, that's rather interesting. You know, back in the day, when I did kickboxing in some of the places that Stephen did, if I remember correctly, you had to land eight kicks. Yes. So it wasn't just throwing kicks. It had to be yeah, clean it, blows. It had to be, it had to be touches. You actually had to – you didn't have to move. It had to be a hit. You know what I'm saying? Not right. like a, you know, not like a fold every time, but it, it was uh, – you had to touch the person. You had to hit him. Right, which was very subjective, too, because mm-hmm. maybe they didn't see it. And your kick landed and the right, judge didn't. Right. And then you had to make up those kicks in right. the next round. Right. Or I think you would lose the round. You would lose you the would. round. You, you, would lose, you would lose the round, yeah. Right, which right. was were terrible. And back then, initially, you couldn't kick to the legs. That came around a little bit later. Yeah, the the later on, yeah. So American-style kickboxing, which is what we did, you couldn't kick to the legs. And then once you did... Like if you went to international rules, which is what I ended up turning into, ended up doing later on, it was just uh, you can kick to the to the thigh, you know, um, to the below, just outside the leg and inside the leg, but nothing, no knee, no clinching or anything like that. I wanted to sort of like I guess rewind back back when when you you started out with taekwondo, and we've had guys mm-hmm. on the radio show, and it's a very common starting point for people taekwondo, karate, and I, I guess some of these traditional arts that are like give kids can start out with for the masses sort of thing mm-hmm. you, you've kind of stuck with that taking it to a very high level when some people maybe have like walked away how have you seen that martial art evolve and what, what kind of platform do you think it's given to you one thing i'm really interested in you know were you always flexible because i'm not well i mean i started actually. i started at four so uh when you're four you're flexible and then i ah, would always ah. i would go to um you know, I always had this thing. I would go to class, you know, and I would walk to class. Well, not at four. My grandfather would bring me there. But then at a certain age, I would walk to class. Let's say at like seven, I would walk to, new, you know, to class. I'd go downstairs and stretch before class would start. 
for like an hour and then just go hit the heavy bag like hard like i always always had a goal to break the heavy bag i don't know why maybe I'm a, maybe it was fucked up then too so <laughs> but i always had a goal to break the bag and right. um so i would stretch and stretch and stretch and then yeah i was able to do a straddle split with no problem like a split between chairs by 10 like Van Dam shit. Just like right? Van Dam, yeah, yeah. Just like Van Dam, and I even do that in like whenever I do demonstrations, I'll do a split in between chairs and break like five boards with my head. Wow. Can you do what? that, Tom? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only way my legs are going that way is if I get thrown from a car. <laughs> that is it. I'm just not flexible. You know, that's you've funny. Been, you've been an accomplished kickboxer as well, Jim. Like, how were you able to do that without the flexibility? Were you just boxing them? Or? Um, no, I could kick you to the head, but it was not like Steven's kicks. Um, my kicks were probably secondary to my – not probably. They were secondary to my hands. I, I could get up. It wasn't uh, pitcher-perfect kicks, but I could do it, and I could kick hard and do enough that it allowed me to do what I needed to do. And as Steven said, you'd land eight kicks and you go in and, and I'd beat the shit because I was in the in the ghetto jams. And so I had to, I had my box. It was excellent. So then you beat the shit. I'm with your hands. Oh, let me throw a kick. Right. <laughs> you know, just just to make it look good. Forget where you kick, but that was it. Steven's kicks are front kick. Yeah. Right. His <laughs> kicks are at a, at a whole nother level. So you're kind of keep you guys are kind of keeping a tally of like, I need to get a certain kicks out of the way. And then you go and I guess box them. Right. Well, I, I never did. I never kept a tally. You know what I mean? I just, because it was, it's always natural for me to throw a kick. And then um, I had to learn how to throw punches. Um, so I went to the ghetto gyms to learn how to box. <laughs> so that's what I ended up doing. So right. I ended up going to Elizabeth to learn how to box. And then um, it's kind of what happened. And so I already had the kicks. And everyone's like, your kicks are great. We got to show you how to punch. So I, you know, I had to learn how to punch. In that video, you got you got quite a heavy style, I guess, like those those kind of overhands and you know it's a, it's a bit of a slugfest. But I, I don't know whether you, that would always have been your style. But I guess that's always I guess that's always been my style. I guess I'm not I'm not very graceful. I'm definitely not. You know, I mean, I I sparred with uh, uh, with with Jim's uh, Golden Glove guy, the Olympic guy. With uh, no, no, you sparred you sparred Terrence, who with is Terrence. an Olymp- yeah. Olympian medalist and yeah. a two-time world champion. <laughs> He's a boxer. It's like I can't compete with anything with speed like that or anything with the uh, movement that he's got. Yeah, that's not my gig. I can't. It's just maybe it's just not been my body structure to move like that. You know what I'm saying? I guess I can punch straight. I got a great. I think I always had a good left hook to the body, and then right. a strong right hand, and then I always followed up with a kick. You know what I'm saying? Like I, my goal was to kind of get you tired from hitting me a little bit and get you into the corner, and then I'm gonna try to blast your ribs or kick you in the head, one or the other. <laughs> and he can, by the way. So I, so I'm work. I want to cover Steven's whole history too, but we'll go back to when he came in. So he's in here a couple of weeks and trying to get him in fight shape, so to speak, and back in shape. Because when you're removed from it for a while, even those couple of months, and I don't know how hard you're working with Larry doing this stuff, but you get out of fight shape, and and fight shape is a whole nother level of conditioning. Mm. I, I love when guys come in and they say they do CrossFit or they're running, they're triathletes. Really means nothing to me because mm. getting in there and swing another level of intensity uh when someone's trying to take your head off agreed agreed right so yeah, then when yeah. steven came in here and then we we and uh, not going hard but moderate you know and, and move it and his kicks were far greater than mine My, i mean i was just kicking a, kicking a 
And uh, I, I used the advantage that Stephen wasn't in great shape to my advantage. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but uh, he came in. He kicked. I, see, did you know you cracked my tooth, Stephen? I did not know I cracked your tooth. No, it's oh, like that was I, you. I, I, I that was this I motherfucker. Was, I was throwing a roundhouse kick, and my knee ended up hitting his mouth. I think that's what happened. You know what I'm saying? That I think that's I what it was. Your was. Foot. I don't. Maybe it was my foot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I did not do it on purpose. I we were we were sparring with very good control. I mean, Jim could have kicked my ass up and down that ring all the way around the ring. You know what I'm saying? He's got phenomenal wind. My wind is next to nothing. I look like right. I'm in shape, but in in fighting shape in the ring, like you said. It means nothing. Uh, yeah, no, Subsequently, my I don't look like I'm in shape. <laughs> but I mean, I you don't have you don't have a beach body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, hey, I look like a beached whale. <laughs> no. <laughs> but when I lay it, when I lay on the beach, they try to push me back in. <laughs> but, but you know when you're but he can keep going and going and going and going and going and I lost that. I lost that win, so and that's right, what he's so, trying to. So, do. so he did. Now it wasn't. It was a hard enough kick. He wasn't trying to hurt me, but it just landed. However, he moved because he does have great control, and he's doing axe kicks. He can do all this kind of shit, tremendous side kicks. And but I knew Stephen. So I knew he was gassing, and I said, "Hmm." <laughs> I think. Well, I made. I made us. We think we fought ten rounds, if I remember correctly. It was uh, ten, ten light rounds. Yes, maybe yeah, eightish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's when you lost your memory. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was blacking fun. out. By the way, and the interesting thing is when we talk about training modalities and stuff like that, so we have two guys who were fighters. It was like a brisk jog. We're having fun doing it, not trying to kill each other, still throwing kicks and whatever it was, but there's no real uh, – well, that's not true. A crack tooth would probably be done, but, uh, but that was an accident. <laughs> but um, uh, it, was, it was fun. You can get a great workout and do this years beyond whatever. Full contact is provided – the people you work with have control and can exercise that control. And also, it's not a, it was, it's not a personal thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get the best of Steven, and nor was mm -hmm. he trying to get the best of me. We're just Great. doing a dance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Tom, you say in class, some of the younger guys are trying to get to you, right? Because you're a senior, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to take your head off. Well, so you, ha <laughs> you, have to give them a, you have to give them a beat down. But that's not yeah. cool, though. I mean, that's the thing that people got to – and that's what I think what happens – with between martial artists that go start from a young age that learn a traditional martial art and then when they go into a full contact fighting type stuff the martial artist that was taught traditionally is going to learn that respect and learn to turn it up when they need to and then when they realize that okay this person's tired or they're you know what i'm saying then not to keep going yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like the humbleness is not in the mma world you know what I mean? I don't know, but and it's not in the Muay Thai world really either. I mean, I haven't been around too much of the Thai world, or just a little bit, and I never seen anybody being humble. They're like, "Oh, okay, I can kick his leg out." You know what I mean? That was it. I think, I, when, when you look at like the, the fighters that or the people that go out to Thailand and fight, mm -hmm. you have that traditional. There's that traditional element, and there does seem to be some kind of respect there. When I look at the UFC, the BJJ guys seem to have that traditional background where they're respectful, but. You know, we've talked about it before. It, it doesn't sell fights commercially. But I, I, I fully agree with you that people who have got that traditional background versus, say, some of the more modern styles, you know, Krav Maga, for example, there is a kind of respect, and it's about more than just fighting. 
Absolutely. You know, what I mean, even when you're get you know getting paid to go fight in the ring, it's like my goal is to kill you, your goal is to kill me. Both of us want to win. Then when we're done, we shake hands and say, "Good job, man. It was a great ass whipping." You know what I'm saying? One or the other. You know what I mean? That, right. That's the respect part, and you give each other a hug. You know, I don't think yeah. I've ever had a fight with anybody except for one time. I had a fight one time. <laughs> I, I I beat the guy twice. This is the second fight, and. Yeah. I beat him, and he left with the belt he was supposed to give me. Oh, no shit. That's so funny. He left with the venue. He left <laughs> the venue with my belt. You know yes. what I mean? You were supposed to give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Not yours. He left, the, so... he left the venue. <laughs> That's so funny. I couldn't even – you know, he would have been able to keep it. They would have given me a mock-up one, but he just yeah. they just left and didn't even want me to take a picture with it. Or whatever. So there's there's a picture I have with I got a black eye under my eye and um and I have two or three belts. I think I had, yeah, there was three belts. There's supposed to be four. You know what I mean? I'm like, where's my belt? Where's my belt? <laughs> he fucking ran out the back door. That's you know great. <laughs> so this it's was mine. so you were fighting him the second time. So it was a I rematch. Was fighting, or... Yeah, it was a rematch. I fought him and I beat him and then um he, we wanted to fight again. We were the headliners and he uh he won a he had a belt. And um, he left, and I was supposed to get it after I beat him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, and he what lost. Did you do? How did that get resolved? They, they, guys, they sent me the, the, the organization, gave me, sent me a belt. <laughs> That's what happened. He's like, I'm not giving it to him. I'm not, I'm not. They sent me a belt. Steven had started in Taekwondo and pretty much stayed. And he trained in what you trained with YB Choi, right? Master Grand Master YB yes, Choi. Sir. Yes, sir. Now, he, Tom, you wouldn't know. This guy's a, an old school karate guy when it was hardcore there was no nothing funny about it right it was hardcore training right. like it should be back in the right. day yeah it was and very common to walk in then right um, with, with a clean uniform which had to be clean and then it was common even as a child to walk out with a bloody uniform no problem uh, right. Common. That, right bloody uniform broken toe or broken finger because there was no such thing as sparring gear but that didn't exist right didn't exist we didn't wear sparring gear until i was gonna say 13. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 13. 12, 13. Didn't have to wear any gear. We didn't wear any gear. Nothing. So, yeah, the, the Taekwondo that Master Choi did was more of a traditional Taekwondo, you know, like what General Choi, because his teacher was General Choi, the guy who oh, created Taekwondo. So they both right. got kicked out of Korea together. Oh, no kidding. I didn't yeah, know. they were, they were going to get assassinated. It's funny, no he, he tells me the story and everything. He's like, we were, gonna, we were all going to get killed, and we got Clue, because they were teaching the North Koreans. And so they wow. they kicked them out, and then uh, they all left to go to Germany. Really? They all went wow. to Germany. Then from Germany, General Choi says, okay, like Jesus and his disciples, go spread my seed. Go teach Taekwondo. <laughs> and then my, actually, believe it or not, my teacher, Master Choi, met his wife in Germany, who is Korean. Okay. And, and he wow. got married in, in in Germany, so I seen his wedding pictures. So then from there, in like in 1970, he uh, flew, came to New, came to New Jersey, and opened up his school, and he's been there ever since. So yeah, right. but the take the taekwondo that Master Choi taught was traditional, hard like Shotokan karate. You know, what I mean, very hard hitting. You know, if you're not kicking hard, why are you kicking? You know what I mean? If you're not right. punching hard, why are you punching? So that that so the taekwondo that is now created that that Olympic style stuff is what everybody makes fun of because yeah. they, they have their hands down they bark they don't kick hard they just kick fast it just looks silly it's just a joke now i think so and, and it may have benefited me believe it or not 
because everyone would say, oh, he's a Taekwondo guy. That no one, if I, did, if I walk into gyms that we were going to go spar at or train at or whatever, right. and uh, they were like, oh, he's a Taekwondo guy. They were going to think that I was going to stand like a, like a, a modern-day Taekwondo guy. And which then is they, not the case. I can attest to that. Yeah, which is not the case. So everyone always thought. I'm like, oh, my. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll spar the little, I'll spar the little big guy. And they're like, oh, he's a Taekwondo <laughs> guy. So they say the bell would go, and then all of a sudden my hands would go up. They're like, whoa, what is that? You know, why is he punching? They, they're thinking that it was going to be something different. Right. Yeah. I do not like modern day Taekwondo at all. <clears throat> so at your school, you have two very successful schools, um, and you're teaching. You're teaching your version of whatever you learned, and right. Right, so, so what, what I do is, what, I mean, honestly, what it is, I teach the um, the science of Taekwondo, like the yeah. discipline, the uh, the eye contact, the focus, the the you know everything you're going to learn from martial arts. But the kicking and punching is kickboxing. So we wear right. we wear a traditional karate uniform. We have a belt system, but the kicking and punching is kickboxing. You just can't really market that necessarily. To you can't market kickboxing because you know you think kickboxing, you think, oh, my son does going to get punched and kicked in the face, and they're going to be slow. Right. So right. no, <laughs> I would have an empty place. You would. Have, <laughs> I would have an empty place. If someone wants to learn those two attributes, kicking and punching, uh-huh. where do they go? Because there's a whole there's a whole host of things out there. You know, savat, muay thai, taekwondo, karate, where you're going to get the kicking combinations. Boxing's an obvious one for, for, for punching, but then you are defined by a rule set. How do you get those guys to the top of doing those attributes in what you're defining as kickboxing as a discipline? You know, a traditional kickboxing gym doesn't have, like, let's just say, any real order to it. You know what I mean? They're just going to say, okay, we're going to go hit the bag. You know, it's kind of like a traditional kickboxing. It's like, a, like going into a boxing gym. You know, just like, okay, you know, you can go hit the bag and go do this, or you can get a trainer and a trainer show you how to punch, do some kicks and stuff like that. But I think by what, how I combine it and do all that, it's just, we're teaching everybody discipline. You know what I mean? We're teaching them how to focus and how to be respectful to themselves and to everybody else. So by teaching everybody that humbleness that I think that a lot of, you know, fighters in this world don't have is great. You know what I mean? The kids need to learn that. The kids need to, need, need to learn how to focus and be disciplined, how to be nice to their parents and, you know, and high, nice to everybody else. And then if there's a problem, then they, get to, they learn how to knuckle up and punch and kick. So the thing is, we just don't, you know, only thing I don't do, we just don't have the kids. No one can get punched in the face. We don't have the kids get punched in the face. But everything else is normal, you know what I mean? So when we spar in here, they, all the punches are to the body, to the ribs and chest. Kicks it to the head, nothing to the face. Um, kicks it to the body. There's no chest gear. You know what I mean? It's just, just it. You see my kids. You see little kickboxers. That's all you see. But there's no Until punching what to the age? face. What, what age can you punch in the head? In my schools, all my the kids oldest I get is 13, and then I'll have a couple kids last until 15 years old, 14 years old, and then that that's it. But all but kids you... stay from six all the way up until, uh, you know, definitely six until 12. I'll get six years out of out of most of the students. And then you're, you're teaching adults as well, right? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what, man? Here in the U.S., at least with, with me and in a lot of guys that I know that have martial arts schools like me, um, you don't get a lot of adults. You know, you really don't have any adults at all. And then here's the funny part. If a kid signs up, the mom or dad is for free. Like the, the parent would be for free. Okay. And um, ask me how many adults I have. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, time ask him. Ask me. Yeah, God, how many? Not many. I have five. Wow. Is that amazing? So that's interesting. 
I don't want to. And it's it, and it's it's for free. Zero for money. Free. All you got to do is buy the uniform and the gloves one time, and that is it. And it's for free. So you have all these fat parents sitting around, <laughs> or you would think, hey, well, I'll get a workout in. I'll 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 hook up with my kids. No. They want to sit there on their fucking iPads or that's exactly what they want to do. Right. That's exactly what they want to do. That's right. Right. It is. It's extraordinary because I've heard that argument when I talked to you about it. And I, I, I knew I was right. So yeah, the the for free thing, man, I I find it amazing. And you know, I'll have a couple parents that would start. They take a couple classes and then they 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 leave. They don't do it anymore. Or whatever, you know. Like even the school I went to in New Brunswick. So you know, think about it. So it was. I was four when it started there, and the whole school was nothing but adults. It was very, the the kids took the adult class, so if you were a kid, you got treated like an adult. So you had adults smacking you around, getting the crap kicked out of you. Then all of a sudden, if now you look at it now, Master Choice still has his school, same place, same, and there's uh, I don't know, ten adults and 150 kids. That's the opposite for you, Jim, right? So you're, you're making all of your money from, from adults. Mostly. No, no, I'm making none of my money from adults. <laughs> <laughs> he Let's will once that. he starts listening to me. He will right. once he starts <laughs> Excuse me, I'm an anomaly here. This, uh, this I, I just have all adults and hardly any children. In the boxing, I do. But, right. uh, but it is an interesting. So when I talk to Stephen about the business as- aspect of it, it's quite fascinating. Because I went from a hardcore school and still is a hardcore school at some level and, and trying to uh, market myself better. I, I sit here and I and we've had hours and hours of conversations of how to be a successful gym. Interesting, like when Stephen came to me, you know, this guy's a world champion uh, and he's saying, yes, sir. No, sir. Very respectful, very honorable, right? Like that. And when he talks about a gym that doesn't have it, well, my gym might be one of those gyms. <laughs> To a certain extent, right? Now, I, I leave, and it's interesting dynamic because I have sat back on that because I kind of went the other direction because of some schools that are just so uptight, right? And there has to be a healthy mix before that respect that, right, that you should give to the gym and to the whatever. And mine's kind of gotten to, to it's Mad Mac at some level. I guarantee the way my children behave, the kids in boxing behave versus Steven is night, night and day. His would be exactly what you want it to be, and mine would be exactly what you wouldn't. And that's a reflection upon me and my lack of leadership <laughs> skills well, in the business. But I'm sure there'll be they're going to be 10 million times better boxers than my kids, though. Well, just in <laughs> yeah, boxers, yeah. But that's you know. But I think you need to have, and I think you can dance in both worlds and, and command it. Does, does it lack Lloyd kind of do that, Tom? You guys do that out there. You, you do still kind of command the respect aspect of it, even though it's non-traditional. Yeah, so, so I do JKD, and when we started out, it was everything we were talking about was, you know, it's a scientific martial art, and, you know, we, we don't have katas, we don't have uniforms, et cetera, et cetera. And after a while, we felt the need for the discipline and the respect, and we just brought in a few basic things, like we bow in at the beginning of the class, we call our, our instructor Sifu, and it's probably been for the best, you know, like uh, I think having that basic level of respect. And we do have a kind of, not necessarily uniform, but, you know, we all wear the same T-shirt. Everyone's supposed to show up in that. And, and having done a bit more research into how Bruce Lee used to operate, he, he had various customs like that himself. So the, the idea that he didn't really do anything and he was totally against classical martial arts isn't really true. Correct. You just wanted to break away from the dogma of it, you know. 
So that's how it is. But anyway, so you know, Stephen's done a, a nice job with that. And so now I want to go back because we kind of jumped all over and talk about it. Stephen, when you did after Taekwondo and you were mm-hmm. training with Troy for your, when was it that you kind of wanted to switch over to, you know, full contact karate? Was so, that something you were thinking yeah, about? So, yeah. So what happened when I was a kid, I always go to tournaments, right? My grandfather got signed me up in martial arts, right? He, me, he brought me to Master Choice. Then once he signed me up in martial arts, then he, uh, then he'd bring me to tournaments. But, you know, he'd always complain. He's like, oh, I got to go to another, another tournament, Stevie? Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, but uh, every weekend, every weekend in the season time, he's bringing me to a tournament. So then I would win in a kid's division and board breaking and then sparring. And then I would always, at when I probably was about 12, I'm like, all right, I want to go into men's division. After winning the kids, I'm like, going to men's division. And I want it because I would always get, always get, um, <laughs> Disqualify- the back phone's ringing for you there, Dis- Stephen. Disqualify- oh, this is my landlord's landlord's calling me. I don't know, probably some the inspections going on at the other school, and they're they're, they're just a pain. Oh, right. So anyway, so so I would go and I would go spar, and then I would get disqualified sometimes, and I would go into the men's division, and I wouldn't win as a child first place in men's division, but sometimes I get third place and stuff. That's so fantastic. Then, and then after keep going, and then I was at a tournament one time. I forgot where it was at. And then all of a sudden, some guy comes to me and he says, hey, man, you know, what college do you go to? And I'm like, college? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm 13. <laughs> so he, was, he was a scout for – and I was went to the men's division. And uh, he, he's like, well, I, I, if you fight like that, you can keep it a secret. And I know you can come fight for Rutgers. So at that – then I just turned 14. So then I wow. go – and I go fight with them, you know, on Rutgers' team. And uh, that guy was driving me, of course. You know, I'm driving with them in a van. We went all over to different colleges, and we went to West Point. Wow. You know, so when I was there, and I'm like, those guys are, like, big. I mean, you know, being a big kid is one thing, but being 14 and a big kid, but fighting these guys who want to be, you know, Marines and shit, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So I realized then, like, oh, I, I like this heavy-hitting stuff. So then um, I even tried WTF Olympic sparring, and I got disqualified <clears throat> for hitting too hard. In their full contact. And I'm like, this is garbage. This is not for me. Mm. So then um, I met my wife, and she was a uh, she was training for a boxing fight. She was in a world tough woman. So now I'm 21. So when I was 21, I, um, you know, she's training for this tough woman fight. So then how did it really go? So I went, so she went, we went to, I went to a tournament. She was with me. Her trainer was with her. Her trainer was pretty cool. And then, uh, so her trainer sees this guy, his name is Jonas Nunez. And so we're sparring, me and Jonas are sparring, and it was like we fought for 25 minutes. Nobody would give him a point, no one wow. would give him a point. And then it was kind of like one of these things, he's like, you know, once he'd hit me, and I'm like, dude, that was a good point. <laughs> the referees didn't give it to him. I hit him, he's like, man, that was a great point. So long story short, at the end of it, Jonas ended up, Jonas has got a, um, Jonas is a, kickboxing promoter and he has a martial arts school in elizabeth a kickboxing and shotokan school and then my wife's trainer knew jonas from the boxing world right so then jonas told to vanessa's wife uh, uh, vanessa's trainer mo um you know you can train her at my place and he's like you know and then he says steven you should try to come do kickboxing i think you'd be great i'm like all right cool so i go there we go i start training at his place, my wife is training for the World Tough Woman at his place, and then I started kickboxing from then. Wow. What was your so, first fight? How old were you when you had your first fight? I was 21. Oh, you were 21. Yeah, Did they not allow you to do it younger than 21, or is that just sort of when it happened? 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I could have, but I never really didn't do any. I mean, I did some, you know, like some different, you know, karate tournaments that were allowed to kick harder and this, you know what I'm saying? And, and so on and so forth. But there was never any punching to the face. So right. going to Jonas's gym, it was, it was a change. So, but I didn't mind it. I actually was like retarded. I liked getting it. You liked it? Yeah, I, I know you liked it, right? I kind of liked it. <laughs> right. He does. That's funny. So when I started, like, he's like, I just need to kind of get hit to get it going, you know? And Just a little bit, you know? Just a little love. To right. Just, just a little bit. I think that's common to a lot of martial artists. So the guys that are successful in this game, you know, you smile when you get hit. You're like, oh, right. yeah, you right. got me there. Yeah. I'm going to get was, you now. Right, right, right. It's kind of like, okay, we, we can do this now. All right, let's go. <laughs> right. I wanted to talk about the kind of age thing and tra- training young people so we had an interesting discussion with guy on the last show who's certified as a kind of uh, low-level instructor a, a minor someone who's you know uh-huh. like 15 16 it's obviously commonplace in the lights of taekwondo and some kickboxing you're working with a lot of kids how mm-hmm. do you sort of um distinguish or maybe say look you you're a black belt but you're 14 maybe versus mm-hmm. a, an adult black belt you know what's 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 the difference there Honestly, you know, I have kids. One of them is now in London in school. You know what I'm saying? He's uh, he goes to King's Uni- King's College. So yeah, is yeah, it- that, that's a top university. Right. So actually, actually, my friend Ricky teaches there. He yeah, teaches he's, rapid he's, there. He's so. in that school. He's there now. So he was with me since he was four, and I trained wow. his brother too. And his mom, his mom is still here. He's since four. He's I've been teaching him, and then all of a sudden he started teaching for me on the weekends, and in in the summertime for a summertime job. So he teaches just like me. So he's he's a reflection. I mean, he's not me, you know what I mean? But he'll teach a class, he'll start the class, make sure the classes stay in red, in line the way it is and the way it's supposed to be done. And if the person, whoever, if the child that is knows how to do what, your system and you, you've, you taught them how to teach it the right way to make sure, you know, you know from A to B, then it'll be fine. Then they'll, they'll do fine. You know what I mean? That's just... I'm okay with that, with a, with a kid teaching. Now, am I going to say, okay, here you go, run my school to a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old? No. But, uh, you know, if you teach the person right, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with a 15-year-old teaching, even correcting an adult. Because the adult's going to respect him how that kid is talking to the adult. Sir, how are you? You know, my name is Michael. You know, what's your name? And the 40-year-old's going to say, oh, my name is Joe. What's yours? You know, and then and Michael's going to talk to him or whoever I have teaching is going to talk to them properly and, you know, Teach, talk to that person with respect, not to say, hey, I'm the second degree, you must do push-ups. You know what I mean? So if when a kid does that, that's when an adult who doesn't know about it is going to say, you know, you know, what the hell's this? But if the kid te- talks to the adult with respect, then the adult's going to listen. If they're taught right, there's nothing wrong with a kid teaching. Right, and I think it's a different community and a different audience with that as well from your kind of school versus, you know, a, I, I, a 16-year-old teaching Combat. I agree with that. That's you know Rusty. what's a sixteen year old gonna know about hand to hand combat? You know, I agree. But nothing. It, nothing. He's it, you know, unless he was learning hand to hand combat at four. You know what I'm saying? Here's son, bang, boom, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and they're clever enough to distinguish that, you know, what they're doing won't work against necessarily a two hundred and forty pound man. Sure, uh, I mean, yeah, they're not yeah, absolutely, yeah. And do do you teach weapons i know that sometimes features in korean systems so yeah so in the class we have called black belt club and leadership the kids learn nunchucks uh bow staff screamer and shinai cool so it gives them extras to learn and the kids got to create their own forms you know it gives them it, it, it 
gives them things to extra things to learn and be creative with. You know, half the kids are way better than me. I'm no, I, I, I know basics and and all and all the weapon stuff, and my kids are better than me now. It's like you teach and, a kid a little bit, and they run with it. And do they do they fight each other with the weapons, or are they nah. sort of? Is it mostly for form? No, nah, no, nah, man. You got to think of insurance. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I don't, know like in the, I don't know what it's like in the UK. You're like, I just renewed my insurance now. Do you know how hard it is? And do you do this? Do you do this? What is done with this? What is the specific rule setting for this? And you're like, uh, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? You know, just because you got the word kickboxing in your in your in your title of your business, they want to know everything in the world about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course, so, right. So it, it's a big it's a big change liability wise. So, you know, would I like the kids to be able to do with screaming with you know stick fighting with some you know fighting with each other? I would. But insurance wise, I don't want to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Not it's not um it's not gonna be um not not worth it. Not worth the trouble that you're gonna own all the money you're gonna spend on having all that on insurances. So I, I feel like how I have the schools, I teach just enough to go before you go too far to the parents to say, okay, this is like extreme. You know what I mean? I bring them just to that point where they say the kids are learning a lot, you know, physically and mentally. But, um, and then if an MMA guy comes in here and says, oh, no, it's got to be more. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, you, you, know, you got to have that line just so it's not too much. And what does it mean to you to be teaching these kids? You know, like you've, you must see them grow a lot and grow leadership attributes and be oh, yeah. good no, people, I love- respectful, et cetera. You know, I realize that I really am getting old because honestly, because I have I have kids in here that I taught, and then now um, they're now school teachers inside the school down the street here, and I'm like, they're like, oh, Mrs. So and So is my teacher. She says hi, and I'm like, what? She's ah, like, yeah, ah, she got her black belt with you, and I'm like, oh my god, you know what I'm saying? That was that was 12 years ago, you know what I'm saying? It was 15 years ago. So now they're, they're school teachers, or I have kids come visit me and say, oh, hi, Matt Steven, you're still here, that's great, blah, 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 blah. It's amazing that, you know, it's the kids that come back, when, when they were children, they come back here, and they still remember what they went through to get their black belt, and so on and so forth, you know, how they earned it. All right. And I think it is, it's about, you know, when you're doing with the, the poet, you're changing people's lives, you know, hopefully for the better in this aspect. And uh, the dedication, respect, all that's pretty important, which is tough yeah. to find in a lot of things. So it is I mean, an important, important aspect. Definitely, you know, what I teach here is the beginning mm-hmm. level. It's a great base to go to that next level of what we are. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, yeah. me fighting in a ring and trying to knock your head off. I don't teach anybody that here. If I told everybody that here, then nobody would stay. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you have to teach a little bit, you know, and, you know, teaching knees and elbows and actually getting hit with knees and elbows. Parents would leave right away. You know what I'm saying? Parents they, they would stay. So you're kind of like the school system and then they get sent off to gyms for college. That's exactly right. That's exactly how it goes. That's, that's exactly right. Right. But honestly, the kids that I have here are all very smart kids. Um, they're all very smart kids. They're all Asian kids. Every student is Asian. And, um, so all they want, their, they bring their kids here to me to learn how to focus better so their studies will get better and learn respect in the process. And they really not, they really not the biggest keen on them learning anything about punching and kicking. They just want to see their focus be real well. You know what I mean? But it's my job to do both. You know what I mean? I'm teaching their discipline and teaching their focus and teaching the kids eye contact, teach, teaching the kids how to talk. A lot of kids don't even know how to talk to anybody. 
Right. They can't look someone in the eye. They don't look anybody in the eye and how to have a conversation. They'll text it to you. They'll text you a perfect text or a perfect email. Yeah. <laughs> Proper. But they can't look at you and have a conversation. <laughs> no, it's so funny. And that's why yeah. parents they can right. learn the proper use of the word motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, We're so, different gyms. Yeah, We're so, different gyms. So, that's, yeah, so I'm definitely the entry level. And then for the children who want to do more, then I'll say, sure. Look, if you want to actually go kickbox, absolutely, I'll... I can bring you here and I can introduce you to here and so on and so forth. Or we can do a private, we can do private training. You know what right. I mean? So it's like that, that's how that would go. Right. So now we're on our new journey here that when you came, uh, came into my life, I mean, you were a four time world kickboxing champion, huge organizations, you know, a 12 one record. And that is extraordinarily impressive. Now it back in, by the be clear, 12 fights on the surface. Well, that's it. Here's the deal. To get 12 fights is a big deal. There's not that there were not that many places to fight. You right. had to be willing to pretty much fight anywhere, anytime on limited notice. Right. Now, hence your last fight against the guy. Wasn't that the guy who was outweighed by 100 pounds at demo or something? <laughs> no, that was that was actually one of my first fights. So first fault, the first fight I had was in Baltimore. Yeah. Was it Baltimore? No, Boston. That was for and um, and then the I then I fought again two more times and I fought again for Lou Neglia. And Lou it Neg was it was Lou Neg it was Lou Neglia Lou Neglia who gave me the six foot five guy to fight. Right. I'm five five with my sneakers. Oh. On. Wow. <laughs> you gave up a foot. <laughs> he was a giant, and it was it was a horrible fight, you know. But it was great until when I kicked him in the head and almost knocked him out of the ring, and then the crowd went crazy. So then, but you know, he was just jabbing me in the face the whole time. And I'm like, and I'm motherfucking him the whole time. I'm like, you said you weren't going to do this. You said you weren't going to do this. You said you weren't going to do this. <laughs> but it was a David and Goliath fight. And I learned a valuable lesson. Never trust a promoter. So it's not <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Don't trust them. They're like, nah, it's just going to be nice. It'll be easy. It'll be good. Everyone will love it. I'm barely, the guy's like, I'm barely going to hit you. You know, whenever I'm punching, it'll be nice little taps. He was trying to knock me out. So yeah, that wasn't that was my lesson not to fight a guy who's right. a foot taller than me. Fancy hey, win four world titles, you retire, you start your school. Yeah, and now the school, you know, no, the start. schools were open. I I actually what you did had the schools yeah. at the same no, time. No, yeah, so oh. that's what started it. So then I, I, you know, so what happened was, so I was fighting for a while when I was twenty one. I did a couple fights when I was twenty one with Jonas. Then all of a sudden I started teaching for Master Choi. Then I was still training at nighttime. Jonas's school was open till midnight. He'd, wow. have a, he'd have a class that start at 10.30 at night. That's amazing. So then uh, I drive to Elizabeth and go train from 10.30 to 11.45, almost midnight, and, you know, go start your day the next day. So then um, I stopped training. Then I started, you know, just, you know, working too much. My, you know, I, you know got married and uh, what else? So once we got married, then I had to work two jobs and did this. I was cutting grass in the morning, teaching up from Massachusetts at nighttime. My wife, she's in college again, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden I stopped, stopped working for Massachusetts. I started my own place, had the place for a year. And I says, I got to start fighting. I got to start doing something. So I contacted Jonas, started training a little bit. Then um, I started fighting and I did a fight, then did another fight, then fought for a jersey title, then fought for a world title. And once I got that first title, I started promoting the shit out of it. And I like, I get more students. I was like, wow, I got to do this again. Jonas, we got to fight from fights. Yeah. And it, so I was fighting, you know, three times, two times a year. That's how that, then it turned it from there. And then every time I fought, we, I promoted the hell out of it. And every title I won, it did good for business for me. Oh, without a doubt. 
that, uh, and they're, you know, real respectable organizations too. Right. So now that you came back here and the thought is perhaps that you have one more. If I had that right training for that last exhibition fight, then yeah. I would have, I didn't take it serious. Number one, number two. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I don't think I was getting trained right or was, you know what I mean? Whatever it was, I lost. I did it. You know what I mean? When you lose, you got to say it's my fault. You can't say it's his fault. He didn't train me right. I lost. It was all on me. That's all, I, all you can say. You know what I'm saying? If I'm trained right and I can dedicate myself to it, I definitely want to fight again. As long as I have a coach to say, yes, you can, or no, maybe you, you should just keep doing what you're doing. Right. You know what no, I'm saying? I, I, think, I think without a doubt, you have the skill set, the desire, all that comes to play. What challenges a lot of guys when they come back is just life. Even yeah. my young fighters, the women in their life, their family, the work, everything else that comes before it is, is all that challenge. All that has to be balanced. No, you'll work with me, but you work with a strength guy down the road. Joe DeMarco is really excellent. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges we've had to do is try to figure out the time spent with Joe and the time spent with me because if we do that wrong, it kind of screws up the whole thing. Right. You know, if you're doing right. leg day, then you're coming here to kickbox. Mm-hmm. That's a bad move. I don't right. you know, No, agreed. 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 Right. Yeah. So, you know, we discussed that. It's like, you know, everything is going to be based upon you guys talking to each other. And so right now, Joe's definitely lightened up on a lot of the stuff. And it's just mainly all speed stuff. Right. Which so is just great. To, to try to get me lighter and um, and have better lungs. Right. That's right. That's our challenge. But look, I think it's great. It's an honor to get to work with you. And I think you're a super talented guy and a great guy. I mean, I really consider you a friend. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Know, you we sit here. And we just say, and Tom, sometimes the training is just bullshit, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, but no, it's just not that it's sometimes you just end up talking more. That's just life. You know, we're you're two warriors in the ring and bullshit and trying to you know, solve life's problems inside the ropes. <laughs> if they only let us lead the world. Hey, Steven, buddy, I want to thank you really so much for taking your, your time in the afternoon to, uh, to do this. Um, and, and share some of uh, your, your knowledge with us. And we'll, and we'll definitely have you on again. And, buddy, I'll hopefully see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And def- I love, this was great. I love it. It was perfect. And then uh, hopefully one day you and I, Jim, can go to London and go uh, train at your buddy's place there. It'd be great. Yeah, uh, we don't awesome. want to. Yeah, we, <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, thanks. Uh, you check us out, primalradio.net. Uh, and you have on all the great podcasts, like us, share, tell everyone about us. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.